Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Good and gracious Father, thank you for this incredible gift to come together as brothers to discuss your holy name, to discuss your grace, to discuss how you're working in our lives and how you're looking to work in the lives of your children. Lord, we ask that we maintain a a deep sense of of gratitude toward the blessings that you've given us and help us to discuss what you want us to discuss. Amen. Amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today, my guest is Father Rene Pelchet. He is the parochial vicar and director of campus ministry at Our Lady of Wisdom. He's on fire for Christ. Uh, I get some of the old raging Cajun Catholics at UL talking about this guy all the time. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Todd, for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, Father. I'm going to just turn it over to you. I know a little bit about you. We're not, we're not super, uh, don't know each other super well, but um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, maybe after we go teal hunting, we'll get to know yeah, each other a little bit absolutely. better. So I was, I, I was born in 1989, so I, I just hit the big 3-0. It was a pretty life-changing uh, experience. It's kind of strange being 30. I never really expected it. I wish I was 30. I, <laughs> I know, I know. I guess I got to watch you. I say that, too. Yeah. I grew up in Lafayette, went to public school my whole life, Woodvale, Alamont, Lafayette High. I've, I'm one of, of three boys, and I'm the oldest and my middle brother is actually also a priest, Father Stephen Pellissier. He's the, he's the parochial vicar out of Brobridge, uh, St. Bernard in Brobridge. And so he was ordained just a year behind me. It's interesting because the question that always follows, or first, any time I ever tell somebody about that, it all, a comment always follows. And it's, oh, your mom must be so proud. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she is. She is. But what's interesting about our family is that we – we're not homeschooled. We didn't pray the rosary every night. We probably should have. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I encourage it as a priest. We d- really didn't do anything out of the ordinary. We did everything that was prescribed to us by the church. Fasted on Fridays, going to church every Sunday, Stations of the Cross on Fridays during Lent, whenever we had time or whenever we remembered. You know, just like just normal stuff. We're involved in youth group this and the other, but for some reason— I was graced with a lot of good friendships in high school and a lot in a good, strong uh, youth ministry program at St. Mary's. And so with that, I, I really grafted onto the faith at a pretty young age as a freshman in high school. That's kind of where, where it all began, where it really began. Anyway, so then after, after – my senior, I can get into my vocation story now or later. I don't sure, know. Sure, man, bring it, bring it on. Uh, I'm, we're all, we're all ears out here. Okay, all right. So, that's that's generally what 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 people are wondering. Um, so, I first thought about becoming a priest whenever I was in third grade. I thought, man, priests are really cool, and I thought the reason why I thought they were cool. And the reason why I wanted to be one is because you get to wear like a superhero cape every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And whenever you spoke, everybody had to listen to you. <laughs> it was amazing to me. Like it was something that that was uh, that was, you know, I like to talk a lot and I like people to listen to me. And so maybe that's one of the big reasons as, as a third grader, I, w- I really want to do it. 
And do you remember in the third grade who who was your priest? Who were you? Where, where were you going? To That's church, a good you know? question. I yeah. think if I remember correctly, it was either Father it was either Father Roby Robichaud or Monsignor uh, Angel, Monsignor okay. Bob Angel. All right. And um, and what's interesting though, it, we were, it was funny. I like we never really had them over to the house or anything. It's not like we had a particular like closeness. I mean, we mm-hmm. weren't not close to them, but. So we, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm like dreaming about the priesthood, except for I had like all kind of grand plans as a third grader. I was going to make mass fun. I was going to tell knock, knock jokes. I was going to wear cooler vestments and I was going to throw candy during the mass. That was my <laughs> big plan. Um, well, by about a month later, we been, went and visited a fire station and I, uh, fell in love with that once I saw the fire pole and, uh, and I never, and I had, I didn't think about the priesthood for a while. So that was the, where it all, where it all began. And the reason why that's important is because fast forward to freshman year, I'm at the Veritas retreat. Veritas was a big, a big high school retreat back back in the day. And Lance Strother, who is the coach, the football coach at STM, and the or one of the football coaches at STM at least, and the campus minister at STM, asked was emceeing the retreat and asked the question: If you ever thought, if you're thinking about being a priest, or if you've ever thought about being a priest, stand up. And I said, well, I did think about it in third grade. So, <laughs> so I stood up. And so it was at that moment I, I saw – it was it was like a profound moment. I saw five other guys – no, not five other guys. Maybe like three other guys out of 50 stand up. And I realized to my horror that I had just committed dating suicide. <laughs> <laughs> just not – I was not necessarily the best idea. So, But once I realized, came to my senses, it really did was something that struck me. It was really like, wait, I could maybe actually do this. So, you know, long story, start going to daily mass and start, you know, just staying in the loop, the Catholic loop, got involved in what we call the Dawson retreat team. I was, I was the head of that for my senior year and just very involved in the church on my own, especially with my high school friends. And it came time senior year to apply to colleges and I was praying about it and thinking about it. And uh, I knew I was called to be a priest deep down inside, but I really, really, really was scared. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to man up and I'm going to go to LSU. <laughs> so, go Tigers. So I, yeah, go Tigers, right? And so I was there. I, I, was, uh, I, was, I majored in mechanical engineering because I knew that, uh, you know, if I was going to get married and have a family, I'd need some way to provide for that family. So I chose that direction and... Uh, I hated my life for three years, as most mechanical engineering majors do, um, but it was a, a good time to discern. So three years roll around and uh, meet a great, great, awesome priest. Actually, he's now the pastor there. Uh, uh, he's returned as pastor, Father Andrew Merrick. And well, be, that's my man. That's your man. That's right. You, uh, you, yeah. You've done business with him before. Yeah, so Father Andrew, phenomenal. I mean, he, he ended up preaching my first mass. He was wow. a very he, huge impact on me. Love them, love them to death. And um, anyway, he uh, we're spiritual. He was my spiritual director, and he really got me praying very, very hard. And I remember as time went on, you know, as, as time went on, it was about January of I think 2010. Yeah, January 2010, the year the Saints won the Super Bowl. It was a good year. How can we forget? How can we forget? <laughs> and uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll do it yeah, again this year. I mean, it. maybe so. They've got some scrap in them after that first game. That was pretty impressive. Um, so anyway, after uh, 
you know, I think it was, I think it happened maybe after the Saints won the Super Bowl. I can't remember, but I, I knew, I started, I started realizing like, you know, if I want to follow God, if I really trust Him, if I really believed that He was all knowing and all powerful. Why wouldn't I trust him? And so having that in my mind, I was like, well, if that's the case, then I need to go to seminary. And then once, as soon as the words, the S word came up, seminary, you know, I was, uh, I freaked out and I started immediately put the kibosh on it. I didn't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so I remember praying about like, so I kind of put the kibosh. I didn't really want to think about it. And I had a bunch of really, really wild experiences in prayer. I don't know if you want to hear about yes, that. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I, I definitely I know. I know you it. like it. Okay, so there was a really, really, really cute girl who lived next door to me in my apartment complex. That's two reallys if you're counting out in the audience. Go ahead. Oh, that's two really. <laughs> really, really, really cute. Okay. All right, and so I... Yeah, you could say I like this girl. And uh, so I go in and I'm praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament if I should date the girl. (laughs) I still can't believe I'm saying this. All right. So all of a sudden, it felt like a train hit me. Like a really like, like like, this does not happen to me usually, but it felt like a train hit me. And I heard a voice. And it said very clearly, if you date this girl... You're going to marry her and you're going to be, you're going to wake up one morning from your, your queen size bed when at age 30, you're going to look up at your popcorn ceiling with two kids running around your house. And you're going to say to yourself, what did I do with my life? Wow. And I was like, (gasps) like I totally freaked out. And so that just like, that just sent me down like a, a path of like, I got to make it, I, I got to, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this. So I started, you know, keep praying, keep praying. And my back started getting tighter and tighter and tighter. It was weird. This haven't happened to me since, but like, you know, some guys like get stressed and like, you know, you just like, you carry that in your back. And so that was me. I don't do that normally. That's not my, that's not my problem. I got plenty of other problems, but that's not one of them. And so I was, I was, kind of stressed, stressed, stressed and, and, and thinking about this and wrestling with it. And so I, I, I remember like about a week after that, that, that experience in prayer, I go to bed, uh, I go to bed that night and it's college. So I go to bed at midnight and I'm, and I'm in bed and I like can't sleep very well, but, but because my back's hurting. And then I woke up at 3 a.m. and I could not go back to bed. I was like, I was tight, tight. And it was because I was dreaming about seminary. And so I, 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 and this does not happen to me, but this happened that time. And I get out of bed, walked to my, my living room, sat down on the couch, and I said, Lord, I'll tell you what, I'll go to seminary in the fall. And as soon as I said that, it was like my whole back had wow. just loosened up and I went right back to bed. No problem. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like, it was, and then I woke up the next morning. I was like, boy, glad I don't have to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, the so, Holy Spirit yeah. really got tough on you. Oh, no, no, no. The Lord, yes. Had I said no, I cannot imagine where, where I'd be right now. It would Crippled. be It would absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. A lot of health issues. So I went to seminary, and the rest is history. Okay. Well, wow. 
Uh, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> like, tell me. Okay, so I'll tell you a quick little story in our listeners because I wanted to share this story today. My mother, um, when my mother got married at 17 and my dad, the, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, he was on uh, Canal Street in New Orleans and they ran down to the enlistment office and enlisted. He enlisted in the Navy. And mom uh, immediately proposed to my mother and she said he wasn't Catholic. And she said, I won't marry you unless you become Catholic. And so he agreed and said, I'm going to go, you know, I'll get, I'll get, I guess, go through RCIA on, on the naval ship. And a, and a Navy chaplain, um, I guess, catechized him. I don't know the word. Oh, wow. Baptized him on a, on a ship in the South Pacific. And he became wow. Catholic. And wanted to share that story with you because uh, I know that you are already an officer in the Navy. Is that correct? It's true. And it's true. You're going to be a chaplain yes. in the Navy. Yes, and when does all that take place? So I've been an all commission officer in the Navy for four years now. I am a commission officer as a chaplain candidate, so I'm not formally a chaplain. Okay. I have done a little bit of training here and there, two weeks here, two weeks there. But I'll be going in full time. So the, the, the Archdiocese Military Services mandates that each priest, before they go into the military, has to do at least three years of parish experience. Mm-hmm. And so, by the grace of God, I was incredibly blessed. Through no merit of my own, I was able to spend my three years at Wisdom, and it's been just amazing, absolutely amazing. So I, I've done two years mm-hmm. here, and the bishops allowed me to spend my third year here. So I will not go into the Navy until about next October. That's whenever chaplain school begins for me. Okay, and do you have any idea where you'll be? No idea. Could be anywhere. Not, not. Mm-hmm. So, and the thing about the Navy, what's interesting is, yes, the Navy chaplain, it's not just the Navy. You're serving also the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, and the Merchant Marines. That's awesome. So, wow. it could be, it could really be anywhere. Well, before, before we go too much further, I'm going to say thank you so much for your service and also for being a soldier for Christ. Well, Golly, you. you made us so proud. So, uh, again, you're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Uh, today's guest is Father Rene Pelche, yeah. and um, Father is just um, a great example of what a Cajun Catholic can be, should be, and he's leading a whole bunch of Cajun Catholics down at, in, uh, at, at Wisdom. What is it about Wisdom? And I've, I've asked this to several guests that have been on, but, man, this place is on fire. I mean, y'all got so many good people. What, what is it that attracts them? What's the deal there? It's hard to say. I um I always go back to the words that Christ gave us. Uh, to those who have much, more will be given. And in a sense, Jordan Peterson has commented that this is, we can see this in nature all the time, especially these days with the urban movement. People, because people, there, his claim is because there's not as much to offer in small towns, people are moving to the cities because there's more to offer. So then big cities get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, whether you see that as true or not or whatnot, it, it 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 is kind of it's kind of the same principle with wisdom. We have a number of students that are incredibly on fire. They love coming to wisdom. They love the Lord, and we as priests and as campus ministry are meant to inspire them to own their faith. And so our job, and my job especially, is to, in a sense, train these these wonderful men and women up to be leaders in the Catholic Church. And they've responded. That's been a big thing that we're doing this year. So uh, I've been asked to be the director of campus ministry starting about last year around this time. And my big mission is we're going we're gonna to get the students to own the student center. And they've, they've done it. 
it's been amazing. They've been they've been stepping up. Our numbers are growing more, and our but more importantly, the faith is growing deeper because it's one thing to just be fed, be fed, be fed, but then to be then to go and feed, you start to realize how important it was that you were fe- that you were being fed. Mm-hmm. But if all you're doing is just being fed, um, it it doesn't that 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 does not get it. That's not as useful. Where, yeah. So yeah, that's kind. Of, I guess I, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that quote you mentioned: "Too much is expected. Much, you know, much has been given. Much is expected." But there's a second part of that, and I tell my friends to to those who have been given more, more is expected. Right. Absolutely. And I feel like for myself, I've been so blessed in my life that I definitely the latter for me. I, I've got to give more. You know, given much is not enough. Right. Uh, you know, and I think in South Louisiana, we, we most of us fall into the category of we've been super blessed. You know, I think so. I love the fact that you uh, love to fish and hunt. You know, all our I tell people all the time, if you want to be on Cajun Catholics, you know, call me up. You know, you don't have to be Cajun or Catholic to be on the show, <laughs> but it helps, you know, and um, and it's fun. And a big part of our Cajun culture is catching those fish and and, uh, and killing those ducks and, and then cooking them. Oh, absolutely. You, you cook a little bit? I do cook. I haven't yeah. cooked duck in a while, but no. yes, I do cook. So recently I we have a hog problem at our lease, and I just shot my first hog. It was, it was about 50, 60 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, and... I recently cooked cooked the the tenderloin and uh, uh, had a little roasted a front quarter and it turned out okay. Nice. You know, I've, I've gotten a lot of a lot of uh, I've heard bad things about wild hog, but this turned out fine. I love it. Do you like Tony Sacheries? I do. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was telling me he's they're they're good Catholic people. I, I'm gonna try and get someone from Tony Sacheries yeah, on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, Cajun Power, the owner of Cajun yeah. Power, is a deacon at our parish. Oh well, there that's gonna be our next guest. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, Father, um, is there a particular Bible character that you most, um, I guess, relate to or resemble in your in your mind? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> well, I resemble Peter before he received the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Often babbling and, and saying things that 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 probably shouldn't be said, but I desire and aspire to be. Uh, I do aspire to be like Peter after he receives the Holy Spirit, of course. But I really, really love the figure Joshua in the Scriptures. So Joshua was a, was a mili- he was a military general. So um, I am a commissioned officer in the Navy, but and I've said this before. We as a church, there's three different churches, parts of the church. There's the church triumphant, those in heaven. There's the church suffering, those in purgatory. And there's the church militant. That's those of us right here. And I've always, and I believe that we as priests are commissioned officers in the church militant. And so as so Joshua was a, was the commission was commissioned by Moses in a sense he was ordained like to go and take the the holy land to go and take the promised land. Mm-hmm. He was an unblemished character. I mean, most this doesn't happen with hardly any Old Testament characters. There's always something going on with somebody, whether it's Abraham, David, Moses, but not Joshua. Joshua doesn't really have any strikes against him, which is interesting because Yeshua, Jesus, is the same, you know, it's the same derivative as Joshua. So there's a, there's a foreshadowing there, mm-hmm. Joshua, Jesus. Anyway, what I love about the, the reason why I identify so much with Joshua is really not so much just because of what Joshua did, which was take the promised land, which I, which I do love. I love a good, a good, a good battle. But what moves me the most is, is actually what Moses told Joshua in Deuteronomy 31, 7 through 8. 
So Moses commissions Moses finds out he's not going to the promised land. He struck that rock, the rock twice, and he's out. So what does he do? He follows the Lord, and he commissions Joshua. And he calls them up, Joshua up, and he says, You will go with this people into the land which the, sw- the, which the Lord has sworn to give to your fathers, and you will put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who marches before you. He will be with you. He will never fail or forsake you. So do not fear or be dismayed. That's beautiful. That passage is on my ordination card. It's 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 definitely been a it's a very touching. That's very awesome. touching for me. Yes, I'll give you another little a little war uh, character that we like at our at our duck campus Maccabees mm. and um, Judas Maccabees yeah. and, and the brothers. I'm 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 one of six boys, and we actually named a duck blind Maccabees. Uh, that we had out there. That's awesome. <laughs> I have to go to that one. <laughs> it turned out to be not so good. They oh. they renamed it uh, Martin and Castile, uh, <laughs> and then we got rid of it. <laughs> I guess yeah. if you're a duck blind named Martin and Castile. That's not good. That's not where you yeah, want to be. No, no. Yeah, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> what What is your prayer life look like now? I mean, um, is are you are you into rosaries? I mean, what, what, what's it look yeah, like? Yeah, so, so the rosary has always been a – it's hard for me. Um, I'm not, I'm a more Ignatian imaginative prayer type, but the rosary was asked of us. It was our lady of Fatima asked us to pray it every day. So I, that's what I strive to do every day is pray a rosary. Um, do I fail? Absolutely. But look, that's what the spiritual life is. It's all about just getting up and trying again. So generally speaking, my prayer life is a holy hour every day and uh, try to do a rosary. And, but I generally like to pray with with what the Lord is doing in my life, but also just, it sounds strange, but I just like to be with God. And uh, Saint, uh, Fulton Sheen, not St. Paul, but maybe St. Fulton Sheen one day, mm-hmm. said, a priest prays with his sighs, moanings and gro- groanings that only the Spirit can understand. That's what St. Paul. And I, I've kind of noticed that as a priest. You just encounter a lot of suffering, a lot of, a lot of struggle, and it ends up being a prayer with that, that your prayer can tend, can tend to be sighing. And I think the Lord takes that and he uses that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll share a dream that I had over, over the weekend. My wife said, don't tell anybody. But it was, <laughs> uh, I thought it was really cool, you know. And I, I, I dreamed that I was in a laboratory and they were checking to see if I had the Holy Spirit inside of me. And they put these electrodes on my, on my brain and, and, and uh, the guy says, nope. I don't see anything. And I said, you're wrong. Okay. I said, I know you're wrong. I said, I know the Holy Spirit's inside of me, you know, and the guy says, Hey, you go to the next desk. Maybe my computer's broken or something. And I did. And the guy goes to the next desk and, and he puts the electrodes on and he goes, wow. You know, uh, normally there's one finger that sticks out like above your rooftop in your brain and it, it spouts out. I'm going to call emojis that, that are like, messages from God and and I can see them in your brain waves but you have four of them wow and he says man I've never seen that before that is so cool and at that moment I watched this little you know the emoji with the hat, the party hat and the confetti yeah that one goes across the screen and I'm going that's it you know that's that's one of my thoughts you know I don't know that was the weirdest dream that and then I, I woke up and I'm like oh, man I don't know you know, so whenever what do you make of that? <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of funny that the first guy sit, put the electrodes on your head and said nothing's there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, I think uh, dreams are funny. I love yeah. dreams. I find dreams to be amusing. I don't. I'm not a big. 
I think it's dangerous to interpret too many dreams at times, even yeah. though uh, dreams are tough. I don't get because on the one hand, it's dangerous to interpret them because they they are just dreams. But on the other hand, Mo, God did speak to Moses through a dream to mm. Moses to, to Joseph through a dream. So that's that's it's dreams are a very interesting interesting thing to sure. me. Uh, I I use them for entertainment though. Well, we just have a few minutes left on the show. Um, what do you? How do you envision? I know for me, when I'm doing whatever I got to do coming up, I always envision myself in that. What do you see yourself in the Navy when you're in there? How do you see yourself in a year or two? You know, do you envision yourself being on a ship? And you know, um, what do you see doing on a daily basis? <laughs> Running with the Marines out of breath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I. So you'll be training with them. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. You can't be a, a chaplain worth his salt if you don't train with with your uh-huh. with your people. What do I see myself doing? I see myself being present to men and women who need Christ, whether they know it or not. That's how I see myself. Mm-hmm. And whatever form that takes, I'll be whether it's on a ship, whether it's in Afghanistan, whether it's in an office, just doing paperwork, whatever that whatever form that takes. That's clearly where God wants me to be, and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. And so that's where I see myself. Nice. And uh, a crazy question. What, you know, in your uh, rosary, is there a particular mystery that you uh, have as a favorite or, or the one that you really feel strongly related to? There's I know a, for me, it's like the wedding at Cana. You know, oh, and, wow. And it's only that one, on Thursdays. I always go, oh, yes, Thursday, yes. Yeah. You know. I, they, they're, they all speak – I love the rose, the mysteries of the rosary because they speak beautifully in different ways. I mean, there's the joy, there's joy, there's sorrow, and there's just glory. And so, you know, it all it's kind of it's kind of mood based. It's kind of interesting. Yes, it uh, is. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm being scourged to the pillar. So like that. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes uh, I feel like I'm being baptized, and so I love the the baptism. And sometimes I that's feel like I'm one. holding Jesus, and so I love the nativity. So that's a good one. They're all kind of. Have you gotten to travel a whole lot uh, in your in your? It's ironic life? because I, I was always told that don't go to seminary out of high school because you won't get to live your life. And mm. the funny thing is, I've done so much more traveling and sightseeing and just living life than as as a seminarian as a priest than I could have ever imagined doing mm-hmm. as a as just a lay person. Um, well, the, the one of the highlights just because I know we're running out of time is I was able to be I was able to spend some time at the Naval Academy for two years as a, as to help out the chaplains there. So that was, that was just neat. I would have never gotten a That's chance so to do cool. that. Yeah. Tell us, uh, you know, for all of us hunters and fishermen out there, how do you see God? I mean, I know, I think that's an obvious answer, but, you know, um, when you're out there fishing and hunting, uh, that's got to be a spiritual time. Oh, absolutely. Especially whenever I lose a bird or lose a hog, you know, or or a deer, I start praying real, real hard. (laughs) Um, You're mad at them. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, But I think I see the Lord a lot in just in the quiet and in the, in the peace and, it's just what what I love is we live such unnatural lives, just staring at screens all the time, doing emails, texting, hardly ever even calling these days. And so to be like I see, I see the woods, especially sitting in a deer stand or a duck blind or even woodcock hunting, which we do a lot of with with dogs. It's kind of hitting the reset button. Mm-hmm. It's recalibrating and helping me accept reality in a deeper way. That's beautiful. I look forward to doing some hunting with you. We're gonna have we're gonna be good friends. You uh, that's gonna be awesome. Uh, so, Father uh, Father Renee Pelache has been our guest today on Kenyan Calix. Why don't you close us out with a prayer? In the name of the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen.
Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come and discuss how you're working in our lives and, and how you're working in, in our hearts. Lord, we ask that you be present to the listeners of this, of this radio show, be present to all that, that, that hear it, that they might hear what you desire them to hear. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, we thank you for listening to Cajun Catholics. Engage the Cajun Catholic in you.